Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources with Lloyd Matheson. Over the weekend, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas warned that we're in danger of losing our institutions following the leaked Supreme Court draft opinion. Is he right? How does that play? Uh, I think it's an important conversation for us to have, and it's important for us to be able to separate all the pieces of the leak, of the draft opinion, and ultimately what will become the opinion uh, and ruling of the court. All of those things need to be separated into their little parts uh, to have the right kind of conversation. Uh, And so I want to talk just a little bit about just the leak itself. Just the leak. Uh, So set aside what the opinion was written about uh, and what that opinion may or may not be. Again, that was the first draft of the opinion. Uh, Some of those drafts go through countless revisions before they get to final ruling and judgment. Uh, So we'll we'll kind of set that aside for now. Uh, But I want to look at this idea of the leak. What happened? How did it go down? And what does it do in terms of our institutions and more importantly, our, our trust in those institutions. Uh, so, as I mentioned, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas had a few things to say about that uh, when it comes to institutions like the Supreme Court. Uh, he believes uh, that these kind of leaks put us on a very dangerous path. I think we are in danger of destroying the institutions that are required for a free society. Uh, you can't have a, a, a civil society, a free society, without a stable legal system. Uh, You can't have one without stability in things like property or um, interpretation and impartial judiciary. Um, And I've been in this business long enough to know just how fragile it is. I think those are important things as we look at having a civil society, a free society, a They're all dependent on having that stable legal system, and you can't have that. You can't have that without trust in that system. Justice Thomas went on to say that uh, no one at the court uh, ever believed that anyone would leak a draft opinion, uh, and because of that, uh, they've lost that crucial element of trust. The institution that I'm a part of, uh, if someone said that one line of one opinion would be leaked by anyone and you would say, that, oh, that's impossible. No one would ever do that. There's such a uh, belief in the rule of law, a belief in the court, a belief in what we were doing, that that was verboten. It was beyond anyone's understanding 
or at least anyone's uh, imagination that someone would do that. And look where we are, where now that trust or that belief is gone forever. I think that's such a such a stunning statement from Justice Thomas uh, that if you had asked any of the members of the court if they believed that it was possible that a single sentence, a single sentence of a draft opinion would be leaked, no one would have believed that. And now not only did we have a single sentence, we had the entire opinion leaked. Uh, and so it, it just shows you how seriously uh, things are taken inside of the Supreme Court. Uh, as the justice said, there's there's just such a belief in the rule of law, belief in the court and the work of the court, uh, and a belief in the importance of, of what they're called on to do every day in those positions. Uh, and several that I've spoken to who have been inside the Supreme Court over the last couple of weeks have have described it as grim. Uh, as kind of devastating, crestfallen, uh, that, that this would actually happen in that institution. Now, turning back to Justice Thomas, he went on to say that losing trust in our institutions changes the institutions and never in a good way. And when you lose that trust, especially in the institution that I'm in, uh, it changes the institution fundamentally. Uh, you begin to look over your shoulder. It's like kind of an infidelity um, that you can explain it, but you can't undo it. And um, the and I think you're seeing it go through any number of our institutions, whether it's in the political branches or whether it's in the universities. Uh, I think that's uh, really crucial in terms of the way Justice Thomas explained that, uh, that you suddenly... When you lose that trust, uh, he said it's kind of like infidelity. You can explain it, but you cannot undo it. Everyone's kind of looking over their shoulder. Everyone's kind of waiting for the next shoe to drop. And one of the things that I've noted is that we have to remember, one, the Supreme Court has not rendered a decision in the leaked opinion case. But it's also important to remember that the Supreme Court has a number of crucial cases yet to decide over the next few weeks including rulings on things like religious liberty, affirmative action, prayer, Second Amendment. And absent that trust, it's got to be extremely difficult to have the candid conversations and the rigorous debate between those nine justices. With that lack of trust, the justices are likely to be less candid, more guarded, less open-minded, and more defensive. Really functioning under this cloud that a, a comment that they might give or something they may write to a colleague ends up on the front page of a news organization. And, and so absent that trust, I think it, it's so crucial. Now, it was also interesting to me that Justice Thomas added, uh, in addition to the Supreme Court... And that trust, he talked about the political branches and how critical that trust was. And then he also talked about the universities. He talked about censorship that's happening on university campuses. Uh, and again, if we're damaging institutions like universities, higher education, uh, then, you know, how do we ever recover from this lack of trust? Now, Yale was, when I was there, visiting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was anything goes. Is you do your thing, I do my thing. 
and maybe too much of that, but it certainly wasn't prior restraint, and it certainly wasn't censorship, but here we are, where that's acceptable at one of the elite universities, it's, and it's pretty much acceptable at all the universities. And if, they, if we're there with these institutions, how do we recover? And then finally, the justice concluded by saying that the leak draft opinion uh, just simply is bad. It's just bad news for all our institutions in our government and that connective tissue to our society. So, yeah, I do think that the, the, what happened at the court is tremendously bad. I think it's, um, I wonder how long we're going to have uh, these institutions at the rate we're undermining them. And uh, then I wonder when they're gone or they are destabilized what we will have as a country. And I don't think that the prospects are good if, uh, if we continue to lose them. Uh, losing that trust uh, is such a critical thing. And when we have that void in trust, uh, it actually prohibits all kinds of persuasion, enlightenment, uh, curiosity. And our, our systems demand that we have that kind of trust and those kinds of conversations. And whether that's inside the courthouse, whether that's inside the chambers with nine justices or at any level, whether that's in our homes or in our communities, uh, absent that trust, we, we lose so much more. And so all of that requires some restraint. We've talked about that uh, over the last couple of weeks, that that undermining of trust uh, is what really worries me in our country. We've, we've stress-tested our democracy in all kinds of situations in the past, civil war and economic collapse and race riots, assassinations, world wars, pandemics. But we've, we have never stress-tested our democracy in the absence of trust. Trust in institutions, trust in leaders, and trust in each other uh, that are required. And, and I think that's what Justice Thomas was saying. He says you can't have a civil society, a free society, without a stable legal system. And you can't have that stable legal system without stability and things uh, like uh, like property interpretation or impartial judiciary. You can't have that in the absence of trust. And so it is a fragile thing. Uh, to me, the words that echo most is that when the justice said, if you would have asked any of the nine if a single sentence from an opinion would be leaked out of the court, uh, they would have said impossible, absolutely impossible. And yet here we are with an entire opinion an entire opinion leaked uh, and that undermining of trust. And again, I wonder what the conversations are inside the Supreme Court. They have important work to do uh, that goes far beyond just the leaked opinion uh, into so many other critical issues for our country. And will they be able to re-cobble together the trust required to have the right kinds of persuasive conversations and interactions that can get us to the right results? All right, we're going to step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, how's Utah helping businesses reopen their doors following the pandemic? We're going to take a look at that coming up next. Stay with us. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985... 
a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.